Man, the wildest thing that I've ever seen happen in insurance. Um, when you've been around uh, a number of mergers and acquisitions, you get to see all the different interesting ways in which cultures come together. Uh-huh. And I think one of the wildest things um, that, that I seen was a bunch of Americans trying to adapt to uh, French culture, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when AXA bought Excel, um, I'm no longer with the company, so I guess I could speak more publicly about this stuff now. But uh, when AXA bought Excel, you know, we had um, we had one culture, right? And uh, I, I came from the Excel side of the house, and I had gone through a merger with Excel and Catlin. And, um, you know, but it was really, a, they called it a merger of equals, and it really was, right? Like, culturally, we were very similar, you know. Uh, we had our own, everybody had their own politics and things like that, but the culture was similar. <laughs> the AXA merger was totally different, right? And I thought I knew what governance was. I had no clue what governance was until, you know, Mother Axa came to the house. And I, I don't mean that to sound as, as a negative thing. There was some some really positive stuff to that. But, man, what a culture shock it was. What was one of the big shocks with that whole? Well, first off, it's, it starts with little things, right? So a French accent, when your your ear's not tuned to it, takes a little bit getting used to, right? From <laughs> just, yeah. you know from an American perspective. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and so there was a little bit of, of that, but it, it really was uh, the, 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 it seemed like the amount of governance, how there had to be like, a, every time I turn around, like I thought I knew how to do my job, but I didn't because I kept finding out there was another committee I was supposed to have talked to before I came to talk to these people. Right. And, and it was just, um, it was, it was very different. It was very different than what I was used to personally. Um, it, it was, um, you know, I was highly empowered. I was an executive. I, I made decisions. I paid the price at times when those weren't good decisions. Uh, I see where this podcast goes. I probably just set myself up for another question. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that was uh, that just having to get used to, um, a, you know, a new structure and a new way of, of making decisions uh, through more consensus driven uh, decision making and stuff was was kind of a big big shift for me. Gotcha. And who are you? Oh, by the way, yeah, I'm Stacy Brown, and um, I'm I'm I work with InsureTech Hartford now. It's an organization I, I started back in 2017 ish, and I work out of Hartford, Connecticut, and I'm an insurance dude. Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? by uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Kretzinger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance agents. Boom! (laughs) Love it. Welcome. Yeah, that's that's hard. So, I mean, you say that the cultures... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go. Yeah, well, yeah, you go. (laughs) <laughs> I was just going to ask if you thought the culture the culture clash was a paid in the AXA. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't mean to make it sound like it's bad. Uh, it's just different, right? And yeah. what I think added to it for me personally was uh, all the work that I'd been doing on the insure tech side of the house for the last several years. And I was spending a lot of time with startups, small organizations, um, I was running my own organization, essentially, with InsureTech Hartford. 
And if I saw something, I pivoted, I moved, I did it. I went in that direction, right? Mm. So as the the controls became tighter on one end of the equation, like through my corporate job, like the autonomy was in, increasing in my entrepreneurial side of the house. Mm. And so these were just like, you know, you talk about two legs and two canoes. Well, the canoes were like going in different directions and it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it was starting to, you know, be uncomfortable for me so but like i said i don't mean to make it sound like what was happening there was bad or negative there's a lot of really smart people they're very methodical about um what they're doing and why they're doing it and how they're doing it and um you know i i came to realize a long time ago that when you're like a small scrappy startup um you've got a lot more to gain um and not a lot to lose um on a relative basis right but if you're a multi-billion dollar, or in the case of AXA, a trillion dollar, uh, um, have a trillion dollar balance sheet, right? Man, there's every, anything you gain is only minute in comparison to how much mm. is at stake, right? So the amount of controls you have to have in place, the bigger you get. Um, it just, to me, it just makes sense. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. Because so now it's at the mature at the mature point of its life cycle, and that's. That's, I guess, why it ends up being declined at some point, right? Because you can't really, at some point, it's like too expensive to try to grow. Like, how do you grow? Well, huh? M&A, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You, you spin off the underperforming assets and free up capital to buy new ones. Right. right. And, it's a totally different way of operating. It's just interesting, you know, because we're down here at the very micro level. Right. And they, they probably try to minimize the, um, the amount of accidents. Uh-huh. Yes. I was, I was holding on to that <laughs> for a you while. I wrote that one down last night, didn't you? Oh, <laughs> I was I was holding on to that for like 10 minutes here. And I'm like, when can I use this? There'll be a few more. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, there's plenty more where that came from, I'm sure. Yeah. Don't think that was the last one if you're listening at home. <laughs> Yeah, count how many, whoever can count how many um, acts of jokes we will make, uh, report uh, to the <laughs> iDudes email, and Ooh. you will uh, receive a prize. Mm. That's mm. right. I like it. All right, Stacy. So break it down. Let's talk about uh, the uh, Hartford InsureTech. InsureTech Hartford. Yeah. What the heck is it? And we keep, um, we keep putting it back. It's easy to do. Um it happens all the time, and uh, it didn't help that for a while we had something in town called the Hartford InsureTech Hub, and people were confusing our two organizations all the time. And um, but in Hart- InsureTech Hartford is an organization I started. Um, really, I'd say that the the earliest days go back to 2016 when I was, you know, seeing the trends that were going on in the industry around um, InsureTech. Right, it wasn't even called InsureTech yet. It was just like hey, investors are putting money into startups that are tech-driven and they're going to disrupt the whole industry. And everyone was like, oh, my God, what's it? What's going to happen to And um, When I was looking at it, I was like, hey, you know what this reminds me of? It, like, it reminds me of the dot-com days. And I was like, I want to be a part of this somehow, but there was nothing like to be a part of. So I just started reaching out to people in my network that I knew and saying, hey, we should get together and talk about this stuff. And that, that's kind of how it took off. And so it's kind of grown a lot, you know, it, what we, we, we eventually gave it the name InsureTech Hartford, and it was really about com- community building around the, the, the Hartford area insurance community, which is super strong. There's like 50,000 jobs within a one hour radius. 
and all 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 working for uh, the insurance industry and um so it's pretty rich uh, insurance um you know resource rich environment uh, but there was no insure tech anything right so um so i just started having meetings and people started showing up and it just kept growing and the the funniest thing was uh, the pandemic actually caused acceleration because instead of like stopping and focusing on my my day job uh, I said, you know, what? I'm going to go online and I'm going to start, you know, running virtual events. And then we started having lar- audiences that were way larger than anything we were doing in person. So, uh, and it became more of a global brand. So that's where we are today, right? We're we're still uh, a community, but it's more of a, a global branded community. And I did leave, um, you know, uh, AXA in 2023, and I've just been focusing on this community building stuff. And so this year, I've 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 been working with partnerships and 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 helping launch communities in in with InsureTech Atlanta, InsureTech Chicago. So we're taking um, the lessons that I've learned, the, the playbooks and the the resources and and things of that sort, and um, just helping build other communities. Super cool. So, like, talk about building the communities. Like, what do the communities rally around? Like, be, besides just the InsureTech, like, what's the what's the goal? What's the uh, pursuit? Well, that's really it, right? It's it's about um, how for me, I, I feel that it's about driving innovation in the industry, right? So I spent a lot of years doing that on the carrier side, as a, as we we kind of drained the, uh, the pond on that one, I think. But um, but now I'm doing it from the outside, right? And there's there are so many different angles to the insurance industry, and um, and 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 they're all ripe for innovation and. Um, the thing is that you can't do it on your own, right? And in the olden days, we used to sit in our cubes and, you know, if we, we were being innovative, if we researched something on the internet and brought it into a conference room and talked with our peers about it, right? Um, but nowadays, b- the ability to mash up and bring people together with different backgrounds and skills and stuff like that is amazing. Uh, not to mention the, the way it helps to bring talent into the industry as well, right? So entrepreneurship and innovation is, has brought a lot of new talent into the industry over the last few years. And I don't know that uh, people are, are, are really thinking of it that way, right? But we know that the insurance industry has uh, a bit of a talent crunch, whether you're on the distribution side or, or the carrier side or anywhere in between. Um, you know, the, 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 the future uh, it isn't looking as, as bright when you look at bodies coming into relative bodies going out of the industry. Uh, so certainly some of that slack is going to be picked up on uh, on the technologies and the innovations coming out. So all the more reason why we've got to push the needle forward on innovation. But the communities themselves are really just about bringing those people together and making those connections happen. We do other things too, you know, like we we do hackathons. Uh, we have an annual uh, pitch event, and we do a lot of partnership and collaboration events with other uh, organizations too. Cool. So it's to get it's to get the information out about all the different insure tech solutions that are out there. That's that is definitely a part of it. You know, yeah. it's really about putting opportunities together, putting people together to create opportunities, right? Um, you know, whether it's as startups looking for VC, um, an experienced um, person in the industry looking for their next role, um, and students. We do a lot of work with getting students engaged and involved in the stuff that we're doing. Um, you know, I was, I've, I've been, 
you know, helping out with uh, with teaching at University of Connecticut at times, um, you know, got involved this summer in an actuarial boot camp for, for high school students organized by a local organization called CTIFS. So it's, it's more than just the work that happens at our events. It's really uh, ties back to, to community, uh, but it's all meant to help drive the industry forward. Interesting. Love it. Yeah, that is interesting. What what kind of trends are you um, seeing? Like, I'm I'm sure that when you started this, that it's kind of built up a, a unique angle, right? Like, it, I'm sure it's not exactly how you started it, right? So, what what kind of things have you seen come about from putting all these cool people together? Well, I'd say one of the wildest things here also is that. I didn't set out to do anything. In fact, earlier today I was asked, so like what's the ultimate goal and objective of, you know, InsureTech Hartford, Chicago, Atlanta, et cetera. Like what what's what's the ultimate thing? I'm like, you know, I wish I I wish I can actually tell you that. <laughs> uh, because from the very beginning, I didn't I didn't set out to do any of the stuff that I'm doing today, right? I go back to my story. They were, I, I just wanted to get together as, as an insurance IT guy. I wanted to get together and talk with other insurance IT guys about what is this, uh, how is tech going to disrupt our industry, right? And it's just, I've kept an open mind to the things that come at me. And so I think uh, the, the opportunities that that's created are things that, like, you know, rewind the clock to, you know, 2015, if you would have told me like, oh, you're going to be, you know, skiing with, uh, with, with, with a group of investors and, and startup CEOs that you pulled together with a, you know, where the people in the room had a total market cap of $6 billion, I'd have been like, ha ha, yeah, right. <laughs> like, I don't even ski. <laughs> right. And that, that's, the, that's, that's the honest truth. Right. So our first um, ski trip event that I collaborated with David Gritz, who who does the InsureTech New York co- uh, community with Tony Gr- uh, Tony Liu. The, um, David and I partnered on this ski trip event first in in 2022. When I agreed to do it with him, I, I said to him, I said, oh, great. Now the only thing I have to do is learn how to ski because I had never skied in my life, right? And it's just you know, things like that, the opportunities that have have come out of just moving forward with an open mind and asking myself, how can, how can I, instead of thinking of why it's hard or why I can't, right? Yeah. And also, I'd say mindset-wise, um, I didn't realize how many years I, um, well, I'll, I'll say the other thing, right? So I, I, I realize now that we can all just make more pie, right? When in, in the corporate environment, it was kind of like there was an annual budget. This is what we were spending in IT this year. And really, the only way people felt like they were getting ahead in their IT career is when they got bigger slices of the pie. But because the pie was picked, fixed, in order for someone to get a bigger piece, that meant somebody else had to be getting a smaller piece, right? Mm-hmm. It was like really hard to have that growth mindset that um, I think that's a big part of what has driven me out in entrepreneurial land, too, is the fact that, hey, you know what? You do the same thing I do. That's cool. How do we collaborate? How do we do it together? Maybe we can make the pie bigger, right? Mm-hmm. So um, just a very different, very different world. Yeah. The corporate world is protect the pie and then keep layering with more managers. I don't understand that whole idea, but it's tough. It, it's it, also it's, an indication that you're doing well, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you guys know the Peter principle? Uh-uh. The, the Peter principle. Uh, well, 
I guess I'd have to Google it to make sure I get it right, but it's something along the lines of uh, in corporate, people get promoted to their highest level of incompetence. <laughs> That's so awesome. once you get to a level where you're not getting promotions anymore, it's because you're not competent enough for the next level. So right. at the peak of, 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 of where you're reaching your incompetence. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. And then I'm sure time has to play in that because at some point the, like I've been with them so long, I should just be promoted. That comes in where it's well, like that's part of the mentality of, yeah. of that world, right? Where it's, I don't want to say entitlement because people work hard and they, um, they, they want to, they want to feel like they're, they're growing. They want to feel sometimes Sometimes it's hard to, to tell if, is it is it change that you want or is it actual growth and is it growth in in what in corporate world they do a really good job of of keeping us focused on this thing they call a title, right? Yeah. So, you know, grow, so so that whole manager concept, right? It ties back to that as well, it's right? Funny, like they really the sell means. means the oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, just title means so much, right? Yeah. In in entrepreneurial world. It, Call me what nope. you want. Janitor. Yeah. Uh, call me janitor. I don't care. It, it it's um it is interesting because and my wife works in that world. And like when she's, you know, when I give ideas, because some usually she doesn't want an idea, but of course I offer the idea. Um I'm sure you know that goes over well. And you know how that goes. <laughs> However, it's just the way that she'll play it back is it's always, oh no, you don't understand. It doesn't work like that here. You can't do that. You know, it's like, well. You can't do that because you, because you're just you're accepting that. You can do whatever. How does that go over? It doesn't go over well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is tricky. I understand. Um, I, I lived it for twenty plus years, right? And I understand is what I could say. And there's it nothing is. wrong with it. It's good. It's you know, there's a safety net around it all. Yeah. It's, it's highly structured, um, and it's and it's really it's really good for 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 allowing having framework for people to come out and be solid contributors in society and do well yeah. for themselves. Right. Not everybody is willing to, you know, throw the hat on, jump on the horse and just start heading West. Right. Like yeah. that's, that's scary crap. I could tell that's you good, firsthand. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And it's a good point. It's probably, you know, the vast majority of people fit better into that role where they need the structure they need the, they need the direction. Right. Yeah. And it helps. There's the crazies that are like, I don't care. You know, I'd rather work 80 hours to not have to work 40 hours. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. I, had, I remember an entrepreneur guy um, I met in Asia once. He, he, he told me something along the lines of, you know, he was, he, he used to work in corporate and then he was an entrepreneur when I met him. And he said um, that he felt that a, a dollar he earned working for himself was better than $2 earned, you know, working in a corporate world. Right. And that's just how some people feel. Um, yeah. Again, it doesn't make people in corporate bad or wrong. It's just, it's different. Right. And, and your comfort zone is typically on one side of that fence or the other. Yeah. Well, and the $2 is tied to exchanging you do this, you get $2 versus I choose to do this. I'll get a dollar. And you know, if you're, if you're entrepreneurial, you, you, you choose, you're not letting anybody else tell you. And that's, I think what, and if you don't want to sh show up that day, you still get the dollar. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. nice. Yeah.